Thank you, Alan, to reading us uh, from Mark chapter 13. We're going to be keeping our Bibles um, open there. Um, And uh, if you are a little bit confused at this funny time of Advent, because it means two things, Advent, doesn't it? It means the coming, the appearing, um, watching and waiting for the Lord to come. And of course, that's all about Christmas, absolutely. But also in the Church of England, we also like to think about Christ's second coming, his next advent, the time when he appears uh, a second time to redeem the world. And that's why today's reading is from Mark chapter 13, all about the return of Christ. So let's just bow our heads as we pray together this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as sure as his coming to Bethlehem in the manger was 2,000 years ago, so it will be sure that he will appear again to redeem the world, to bring about the fullness of your kingdom. So we pray this morning, Lord, to open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to prepare for his coming. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, my sister um, is one of those people, strange people as she, uh, strange sister as she is, she does this thing. It's unique. I've never met anyone else who does it, but maybe there's someone else here who does it. When she reads a novel, she starts at the beginning and then quickly flicks to the end to see how it ends so that she finds it better to do that so that you can work through the ups and downs of the story knowing the end. Anyone else do that? I find that doesn't make, it makes sense in some ways, but in other ways it kind of ruins the whole thing, doesn't it? Um, However, the Bible is a bit like that. The Bible makes known the end from the beginning. God likes us to know what's going to happen at the end to help us get through the ups and downs of life. So if you're someone who doesn't like spoiler alerts when it comes to sporting news or whatever, actually as a Christian it's really important that we do have a spoiler alert, which is Christ is coming back. And because, as we just sung a moment ago, because we know he lives, that can get us through our tomorrow. So that's kind of what this sermon is about this morning. Christ is coming and it's important that we know the end from the beginning because if you weren't a Christian or didn't know the Bible and you didn't know what the future holds then perhaps you would might be filled with all kinds of anxieties and worries about the world we live in. It's not difficult isn't it to see the world is in the grips of that at the moment whether it's climate change and all the problems that we face with the future, terrible anxiety amongst young people and all sorts of people about, is the world just going to melt? And is that how it all ends? How can we get, how can we solve those problems? Or maybe when we look at the conflicts and the wars that we see and we think, if you didn't know the end, perhaps you would be filled with real fear and trepidation about where is the world headed? Is it on the ascendancy and things are going to get better or are things just going to get a whole lot worse? Really important for us Christians 
to know how it ends. And spoiler alert, it is a really, really good ending. Really good ending. It ends with Christ coming. It's not even an end, really. It's a beginning of something new. There will be a day in the future, and we're told in this passage not to try and work out what exact day it is. Have you ever come across those, uh, some people try and predict the exact day that Jesus will come? And Jesus says in verse 32, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So not even Jesus knows when that day will be. But there will be a day in the future whether it's tomorrow or a hundred years from now, there will be a day when Jesus comes back. And when he comes back, he comes to renew the whole world and put everything right. Put everything right. That's good news. Because there's a whole lot of things going wrong. There's a whole lot of things just falling apart. And even as the world, as humanity, we try and put things back together, more things seem to keep falling apart and we keep scrabbling around trying to put things back together. And that's not let alone all the stuff that's gone in past history that hasn't been put together. The Bible says only God, only Jesus Christ can put it all back together. And he's gonna do that when he comes again. One of my, because uh, we're coming up to Christmas, um, we usually get the, the usual Christmas movies, Christmas films. Anyone always look forward to those? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Always a good one, isn't it? It's always the ones you would never watch at any other time. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And the other, Mary Poppins. Not the new one. Don't worry about the new one. It's the old one, Julie Andrews. My favourite scene in Mary Poppins, the old one, is the, um, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And do you remember what happened? The kids had messed up the playroom. Everything's just a complete mess. And Mary Poppins makes it fun to put it all back together again in a tidy fashion. And you kind of click your fingers and all the toys start to arrange themselves and put back. Honestly, that would be great, wouldn't it, to have a Mary Poppins in your house when it comes to tidying the house. But think of that, think of Jesus. <laughs> as a kind of cosmic Mary Poppins who when he comes back he will put everything right where it belongs he will tidy up all the mess of the world get rid of all the spilling the spillages the broken furniture the broken lives even the dead he's going to fix that he's going to raise the dead what a cosmic day that will be when Jesus comes to put everything right. When will that day be? The Bible, like I said, doesn't tell us, but it's a day we should be looking forward to as the hope of the world. Now, it's really important because I'm not saying that means we don't have to try and be careful of all the, pro you know, no need to fix anything, folks, because Jesus is going to fix it. Of course, we want to be conscious about the environment. We want to be peacemakers. We want to do that work in advance uh, to get the world as it should be. But it means that we don't live without hope. We do not despair like the world does, because we know it will be put right. 
Now, really important as well is that Jesus comes. When will he come? We don't know the date, but we know he will come at just the right time. Kind of like at the darkest hour he will come. Did you notice that in the reading? And even if you read bits before, let me just read to you from earlier in chapter 13, where Jesus says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. They are the beginning of birth pains. So he's going to come at a time when it doesn't sound like everything's great. Yeah, wars, earthquakes, famines. What else does it say? Verse 12, he says, brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Verse 17, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those days will be distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. So it does sound like things are going to get worse and that he's going to come at the time just right when things are at its darkest hour. So again, spoiler alert, we shouldn't be surprised, Christian brothers and sisters, that the world is getting in a bad state. Not that we want that, not that we don't try and bring good and light into this world where we can, but it's not going to end in some utopia that we can fix as humanity and then Christ comes. No, he comes at the darkest hour. Um, I sometimes um, think about um, Christians and people who celebrate Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere, in like Australia. And I always think, isn't it must be odd to have Christmas Day, sort of 40 degree heat, on the beach having a barbecue? It doesn't quite feel right, doesn't it? You kind of want, we are used to that idea, Christmas comes in the depths of winter, in the darkest times, in the bleak, cold midwinter. And into that midwinter, doesn't it feel great that suddenly you celebrate this coming, this advent of Jesus? Think about his first advent, his birth in Bethlehem. It wasn't a good time for Israel. It wasn't happy time in the Middle East. It was... Israel at that time had had 400 years of silence from God. They had had 400 years of occupation by foreign powers. They had only just come out of an exile from a foreign land. They had a broken line of kings, terrible leadership, no godly king. And it all must have seemed like God had abandoned Israel, had abandoned the world. And then Christ came. Then God sent his son, born in Bethlehem, to bring light and hope. And he started to change everything. People began to have hope. Lives were transformed. Good news started to spread from there and across the world. Jesus comes at the darkest hours. And when he comes again, it might be at a dark hour. But that also encourages us today as well, even in our own little lives here today, we all face dark hours, don't we? We all face good times, but also dark and difficult times. But be assured, God has not forsaken you. He has not forsaken you. He will come to you. He will appear just when you need him.
And then in verse uh, 27, when he finally comes and he appears on the clouds of heaven and God has sent him with all his holy angels to bring about this new creation, this renewed heavens and the earth. It says that he sends out his angels, verse 27, to gather in all the Christians, all the elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. He comes for his people. He will appear and he will gather. No person will be forgotten that belongs to him. See, aren't there, there's Christians spread all over the world. Or even wherever you live right now, you might sometimes feel isolated and alone, or I don't know. But God will not forget you when he comes. He will send all his angels to make sure every single person is gathered into his kingdom. Even those who have gone before us and died, he will gather them into his people. You will not be forgotten. Well, when will this be? We don't know. We don't know. I'm really interested because obviously in these times we live, many people, are, Christians are thinking, are we living really close to the end times now? Is he coming back because of the events we see around the world and with uh, the, uh, the pandemics and the things going on in the Middle East? And I always say to people, yeah, he is coming soon. These are signs that he's coming soon. But we don't know if it's tomorrow. <laughs> And we don't know if it's 10 years' time. And we don't know if it's 100 or even 1,000. But Jesus wants us to know he is coming soon. Soon. Even though it's been 2,000 years, he still says it is soon. Has God, though, has he, if it's been 2,000 years, what, what keeps him? What is this delay? Why doesn't he come immediately or soon? The Bible tells us there's a very good reason he doesn't come back soon, that hasn't come back already. And it's simply this, that he is patient with the world. He's patient. What's he patient about? He's patient that he wants more people to have time to come into his kingdom before he comes. That's really the only reason he gives in the Bible. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3. He is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. So I find that quite encouraging. Yes, we long for the coming of Jesus, but every day that he doesn't is also an opportunity to bring more and more people into his kingdom. He hasn't not returned because oh, you know, I haven't got my ideal, ideal job yet, or because he still wants to do something uh, amazing in this, this place or that place. It's just because he wants more and more people to enter his kingdom. So what do we do as a church while we wait? Our job as a church, as the people of God, is to shine the light of Jesus into the present darkness to gather as many people into his kingdom before he comes. I find that keeps me with focus in my life. There's great hope to come. I know the end. And in the meantime, that gets me through today. But it also gives me purpose and us as a church to gather people into his kingdom. Jesus himself longs to return. He longs to return. Every day, I'm sure he's up there pestering his father in heaven. 
Is it today, Father, I want to come? I want to be with my people. Think of it a bit like this. Imagine, um, imagine a family is on a, a long car journey, uh, going on holiday maybe somewhere. And think of it, maybe it's in sort of the, the, the wilderness of Scotland. They're driving through, this family driving through, um, and there's, there's no people around, there's no mobile phone reception, all of that. And you're driving through and the car breaks down, runs out of petrol or something. Can you picture that scenario? And you can't call for help, no reception, all of that. Uh, so, but the dad notices that there's a town further on, a few miles down the road, and says to the rest of the family, you wait here while I walk off to the, the town to get some petrol, get some help. But I will be back. I will come back as soon as I can. You, can you picture that? Now think about that father who's left children, maybe wife, all of that in the car, gone off to get, get what's needed. Two things. He's definitely going to come back, isn't he? And he's going to come back as soon as he can. It would be really odd if that father got to the town and then forgot. So what am I here for again? Oh yeah, uh, I'll just settle down here in the town, won't come back. Or wouldn't it be really odd if he thinks, actually I've got a bit of time now. I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll just uh, have a drink at the pub, uh, go for a little wander, watch some TV, spend a couple of nights, then I'll go back to my family in the car. That would be mad, wouldn't it? Of course that father has gone away for a really good reason, but of course he's never going to forget to come back. Nor will he delay unnecessarily. That's the way I think we should view it. Jesus definitely wants to come back. He knows he's left us for a time, for good reason. But he wants to be back with his family, his people. And he's not going to delay. But he has delayed just for one reason, isn't it? That more and more people can be saved while there is time. So the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. But he will come and nothing, nothing will stop Jesus from coming back. Nothing. There's nothing in heaven or on earth or under the earth, no powers of evil, no amount of trouble or hardship that could separate us from him coming. He would be determined to come back to us. So as we wait for him, I hope this morning that you're looking forward to his coming. I hope this morning that actually the thought of him coming and putting all things right in the world would just be a massive relief but at the same time, it's mixed emotions because we know there are many, many people that when he comes to put the world right, if they're not right with Jesus, will be left out. And he does not want that. So can I encourage us in this season of Advent to be praying, praying for the world, praying for our loved ones who don't know Christ yet, praying that when he does appear, the world will be ready for him to receive him. Let's pray.